0: All right, so we got the man, the myth, the legend. Not a myth, not a legend. <laughs> Corin Chesterson, my boy. So I originally, am a man, though, I think you indeed are. <laughs> so originally, uh, we were going to have Crystal do this with us, mm-hmm. but um, man, we've been more busy here than we even anticipated. Yeah, you know. So she, she's doing uh, Rogan. The day this is being recorded. She's doing Rogan uh, with Sagar. and so she's got to sort of get ready and. She's doing a workout, and so she doesn't have enough time to join us. But it was originally
1: going to be, like, Kyle and Corin and Crystal and friends. That would have been a lot. Um, I Crystal's awesome, and, like, I love the conversations, and dynamic we have, like, when I've traveled with you guys last year and now this time on this trip. Um, so it would have been cool to talk to her. Maybe I'll get invited back and have a conversation with all three. But she's got – a ton on her plate today. Like Kyle says, she's doing Rogan first. Then they've got the live show tonight. The live shows tonight, yeah. So I want to ask you, because you went through this kind of yesterday, like what mindset – like no one's been on Joe Rogan's podcast that's listening. But like they've all prepped for like some tests, some major shit. Like what goes through your mind as you're prepping for like a major day? Like, So for uh, for the Rogan podcast yesterday, I had some topics that I knew
0: I wanted to get to with him. One of them was I wanted to give him all of Biden's record because mm-hmm. I feel like his uh, his commentary on Biden is limited to like
1: he's Just really Biden, old, viral, like, viral yeah, like
0: here. he's really old, he's really slow, and it's like yeah, that's true, of course, but let me tell you what actually has been done in terms of the policies that the administration has implemented, yeah, and you know he might. Feel like that's not Biden. That's his administration doing it. Like he probably feels like Biden's not even doing any of that work or whatever, yeah. which is fine. But it's like, OK, let me tell, tell you what the administration has done. Yeah. Right. And so I had a list of like, here are all the good things Biden did. Here are all the bad things Biden did. I wanted to get to that. Um, I wanted to get to Ron DeSantis. And at the end of the podcast, I did get to Ron DeSantis and sort of press him a little bit because I know he said he's a fan of Ron DeSantis. He said he thinks he'd make a good president. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to show him like, look, you said you like Bernie. Ron DeSantis and Bernie are polar opposites. Yeah. So those are like contradictory statements. Yeah. And he narrowed his commentary to like, no, I just like what Ron DeSantis did on COVID, how he was like leaning more towards keeping stuff open when everybody else was shutting stuff down. Yeah. And so he like narrowed his he support seemed a little bit. very
1: specific to like make sure. Yeah, like it's just this, it's just this. Yeah.
0: Point. Um, and so then I gave him the list of like, here are all the things DeSantis has done, particularly economically and how corrupt he is and against raising the minimum wage and against legalizing weed and... Um, I just wanted him to have a more full picture of DeSantis. So we got to that at the very end of the podcast. And yeah. there was another portion where I know in the past in the recent past Rogan has flipped on UBI. He said I don't like UBI anymore because he, you know, he was like oh people got free money during the pandemic and then people wanted to fuck off and not work. And I was like that I mean that's not true. So I showed yeah. I showed him the UBI study from Stockton, California which showed that like it works and people got um they spent the money on like food and electricity
1: and yeah, like, shit that
0: they like. need to spend it on, you know.
1: Yeah, I kind of disagree as well. I feel like during the pandemic, even though people got money, like people, like maybe in the beginning, but then at some point there was a switch that flipped that people were like, I kind of got to get on my shit now and either figure out what I'm doing for work or work harder or like, you know, like make sure I keep my job. And like, they were very smart about what they did with their money. You know, I don't think there's like too many stories on the news of like, this guy got his $1,200 check and bought Five Playstations. Like. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> w- look, the unemployment
0: rate stayed relatively stable mm-hmm. You know, during this time period. It was probably oscillated between, what, 7% and now it's at like 3.5% or something. Oh, wow. It stayed in that range. Mm-hmm. So if giving people a $1,400 check, like the stimulus checks were, if that was going to lead to everybody saying, I'm fucking off and I'm not working – then you would have seen the unemployment rate tick up to like fifteen or twenty percent or something like that. Yeah. And then you'd maybe have an argument that, hey, how did this impact everything? But what we learned in that UBI study that I brought up, to him is that employment actually went up when people got this extra. So in other words, you're just helping people with stuff they need help with. I mean, if 73% of the country is living paycheck to paycheck and you give these people a little bit of money per month, you're just helping them to get by. It's yeah. not like and it's not like it's unearned, right? Because a lot of people, they go to work and they do something they hate. And they just don't make enough – like, they don't make enough money. Yep. They're not getting paid enough for what they're providing to the company. They, they produce a lot of value. They don't get all that back into their own paycheck. Yep. And so it helped them out. So I wanted to bring that up too. And so it was good. The, the thing I struggled with with this uh, Rogan podcast in particular is I, I wanted to sort of push back on certain things where it's like we don't really agree about this thing anymore. But then you also want to just flow in the conversation and you don't want to be a dick. So it's yep. like you're kind of balancing those two things. How do I bring up this thing where I know we disagree? you know, and and do it in a way that's respectful but clear and gets through? Yep. And how do I just flow in the conversation? And there was a lot of stuff in the podcast if people watched it. It was very uh, – there was a lot of stuff about just non-political stuff. We talked about comedy for a really instant period of time. We talked about boxing, fighting. Yeah. yeah, like boxing, UFC. We ended up talking about sports being rigged, and I brought up the LeBron James thing. How yep. He's been screwed yep. in like four games straight. And, yep. you know, yeah. if LeBron sees this, he's going to be a big secular talk. <laughs>
1: I, thought, I thought it went – Really well. And like I told you yesterday, I think sometimes Rogan, you know, will just put it on autopilot and kind of, you know, say a lot of the things that he said before, a lot of the things that his audience has, like, has heard before. Um, and they kind of like, you know, just nod their head and agree because they've heard it. I think you brought it to some places that kind of like took him off course a little bit where yeah. he kind of like had to really... You know, you saw like a genuine reaction from him on something. He got Jamie at one point to sign up for OnlyFans. True, true only Truth Social, OnlyFans. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie on only <laughs> Jamie swinging his balls around on OnlyFans, like yeah. <laughs> no, but like I think like this is your fifth or sixth time on Rogan or something like six, that. I think it's the sixth time. So yeah. like I mean, you have a different relationship that you with him than you had originally, where you came in as like, who is this guy? Like. You know, yeah. he's just politics. Tell me about yourself. I'll engage with you on those types of points and conversations. But now you're his friend. So even in like relationships, like I can't, even with my wife, like I got to agree with her on shit. I got to. You know, I can't like kind of break it down to her as I would break it down to her when we were just starting out dating. Mm. And like it kind of sucks because that's the person she fell in love with. So <laughs> you kind of like want to like still be that like, no, 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 dog, chill. Let me break this down. But like you're also like, you've come to an agreement of like, we both know each other. You're cool. I'm cool. Let's just talk, you know? So like, you got across, I think. Like, I thought it was an amazing episode. I really enjoyed it. And like, I said, it was like four quarters. The second and third was like, everybody tuned in. Halftime show was popping. Like, that's when your most viewers were going up. So like, I I thought it was great. I thought he did. Yeah.
0: I mean, and you made a good point yesterday. All the non-political stuff, Serves as it might feel like fluff to me. Mm-hmm. It might feel like I'm not I'm not as alive when I'm talking about some shit like that. Mm-hmm. But perhaps the audience, that's the thing where you build rapport and where the audience actually likes that stuff maybe even more. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it shows.
1: You're, and this you're is you're human. Like, well,
0: exactly. And <laughs> and this is you know I think some people have this caricature in their mind of the left of like people on the left are just fucking annoying pricks. Yeah, you know and. And if I can go in there, build a rapport, and represent the left effectively at the same time, then it's like, oh, shit. So you can be on the left and be like a normal-ass person. Yes. And that's a good that's a good thing for people in his audience to realize. They did some demographic breakdown of his audience about a year ago. I remember covering it on my show. And it is true. The majority of his audience now leans right. Yeah. You know, it's not crazy, crazy. I don't remember what the numbers were. I want to say it was like 60% right wing or 53% right wing. And then it was like... Uh, then it was centrist was next and then it was left wing was the smallest percentage. And even his like his his subreddit has kind of turned on him a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. But this happens to a lot of creators. But with him in particular, um, you know, people realize when he came out against UBI, you know, when he uh, there were a number of policies that he sort of flipped on when he was more like the Bernie Sanders loving guy. And he talked more about that stuff. And then now it seems to be like wokeness is bad 24 seven. He talks about. His own subreddit is kinda like this doesn't feel like regular old school Joe, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. the down to earth average Joe. It seems more like he's uh he's gone a little further and further, right?
1: I will and say so- that doesn't work on the on the conservative Republican side of things. Like when um who's uh Mitt Romney went to like a Utah jazz game wearing uh-huh. a jazz jersey and Ted Cruz tries to go to all like the Houston Astros games, like and they try to look like normal people, it's like nah, stay in your lane. You don't look cool. Oh. Those guys. Wear your suit, pretend to be like a politician. Don't go to like some basketball game cheering for a team, trying to be all like mushy mushy with the NBA players because nobody fucks with you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, those guys, those guys have, are incapable of appearing like a, a normal type
0: person. Yeah. And that's Joe's, you know, kind of open secret. It's not really a secret, it's just in his being that. To a lot of people, no matter what he says, it's like, oh, that's just you know, that's my average Joe friend right there, yep. and that's his appeal, and that's why he has such a giant podcast. But anyway, it was fun. I'm looking forward to seeing. Oh, he has a, a golf simulator there. Yep. And before uh the golf podcast, family. I was hitting golf shots for like 20 minutes, and Jamie was like all in on golf. Yeah, he yeah. loves golf, and I was like, next time I come, we got to play because I'm all about it. You know that I play. I try to play two times
1: a week in the summer when I can, yep. you know, and at, at least one time a week I try to play. He's like super dedicated. Uh, like we went to hit golf balls at a driving range once that like, it's like a deserted driving range now that like, Oh, it uh, shut down now by the way. it's, it's a, Oh, yeah. it's all shut down. Supposedly it was like Hillary Clinton's like presidential campaign or some something, whatever. But it's like, I'll tell that story. They were like weeds grow in the bucket it was like, you, know, you kind of got to just walk out there and pick up your own balls. Uh. and hit those shits. So he's, super dedicated to the sport and I like give him a lot of credit to like for that because it's like he's so passionate about it and like golf I'm intrigued by golf but like the passion he has for it makes me more intrigued for it so like I I respect your like love for the sport it's just it's fun because in theory
0: what golf is is so simple it's like just take this thing and hit the ball mm-hmm. in the hole mm-hmm. and so the idea of it is like I can fucking do that yeah. it sounds kind of simple right like if I just Deliver this face properly into the ball. It's going to come off right, and it'll be close to the hole, the hole. But it's so much more difficult than that. When people try it, it's like, oh, shit. In theory, this is easy, but in reality, it's actually super difficult. Yeah. And it's something Joe actually brought up on the podcast. He was like, I tried to hit a shot for the first time ever the other day in the simulator, and I missed the ball three times, he
1: said. Crystal made an amazing point. She's so damn smart. She said, like, she kind of doesn't resonate with golf because, like, the sport she's into – she can kind of just beast through effort, it and then effort, like yeah. power through it and like pick up a weight and be really strong with it. Whereas golf is like, you know, like skill, it's, it's, it's a game it's of more, skill, more skill, more like, you know, mental ball placement, this and that. So like, it, it's a lot more challenging than that regard where like there, there's a, there's positives to both sides of, you know, whether you're going to be on like the power shit and beast through it. I've never been that type really, which is like, I can, I'm not good at golf by any means, but I can like hit a good shot. Um, because I feel like sometimes I can be in a good mental place to like get the form where it needs to be.
0: Crystal was a world class swimmer. Yeah. She was a D1 college swimmer. She almost qualified for the Olympics. Super she was, And in her region, she was like the Tiger Woods of swimming. That's like answer. anybody in her region, people go, oh my New God, are, this yeah. one's win- racing. She's going to win by a mile. Yeah, right. She's also from where like four people are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of true. But, you know, the region is bigger. I know, I know, I know,
1: I know. She's very, um, very, very good. I'm but
0: just to her point, it's like, yeah, if she's like, just buckle down, try harder, <laughs> like, do your burst of energy, and you're going to win. Those are the sports she likes, where it's like brute force, just effort, you're going to get it. And golf is more of like, it's a game of skill, where it's more about finesse and touch and feel. Yeah. And and yeah, those are the ones where she gets very frustrated very quickly. Yeah. And she'll like tap out. But to the thing you said, I wanted to talk about the Hillary Clinton thing. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, this this golf range, it was a golf course, a nine-hole golf course, but that shut down. I and mean, then their range was still there for a little bit, but then that just shut down too recently, maybe two years ago now. Um. Hillary Clinton did her prep for the 2016 debates at the hotel that's there. Yeah. And I understand why they picked there because nobody goes there. Like, nobody was ever using that hotel, ever. So, they probably had the whole hotel to themselves when they were doing their prep. All their classified documents. It's it's kind of crazy to think about, right? Like, I'm over there. I used to go there all the time hitting golf shots. I don't think... I don't know if I started going a little bit after the 2016 election. I feel like I started going maybe 2017, 2018 mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So maybe I missed it, but it's very possible. I was, you know, hitting golf shots and Hillary was driving by me in a black Tahoe behind me getting to the fucking
1: hotel. Yeah. I mean, know. like where we are from in Westchester, the Clintons live in Chappaqua, which is a
0: little north. It's Northern Westchester, yeah, right? Yeah. It's very, very wealthy area. Very wealthy area. Yeah. But a
1: lot, like, uh, I used to work in an ice cream shop in a very nice neighborhood. Um, and a lot of the people were connected and had friends in Chappaqua. So they would always say that they see Bill and Hillary at like the Starbucks right. and this and that. So it's like it, it, the funny story is I I don't know if this is an urban legend or a myth, but my cousin um, actually founded or was like the top person at Reader's Digest. So he lived in Chappaqua, they had a very nice house. I think his daughter might have hit. Built and Hillary's dog and killed their dog. Oh my God, Jesus box. Christ! Yeah, like Buddy or something like that. That's the story in my family. Um, and I think the daughter went to the Clintons' house and like you know apologized and said I'm so sorry. Like, um, but one, first off, Clinton's fuck you because like you, you, your dog's out off its no. in the middle of the road. <laughs> and and secondly, my cousins was probably very nice, not like that guy in Atlanta who got mad at the FedEx driver for almost hitting his dog. Did you see that? No. There was a FedEx driver in Atlanta driving through a really nice neighborhood. And you only pick up the video when like the guy's at the end of his driveway, but looks like this douchebag white dude, like hair slick back, and he's yelling the N-word at this FedEx oh, driver, no. like saying all this fucked up stuff. Um, and he was like, If you hit my dog, blah blah blah, and the FedEx driver's remaining cool, remaining cool. Um, and then he tried to like press charges against the guy for hate crimes and It was in some community that, like, the police department was like, Yeah, we looked into this. Everything's good. He's fine. So nothing came of it. But it was like a viral video of, like, this guy just, like, hurling racial slurs at this driver, like, for almost hitting his dog. But to go back to my cousin, it may be true that she killed the Clinton's dog. So she might be on a hit list somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) She's still alive, though, and doing well. My. Until this video comes out.
0: (laughs) My friend Will, his wife's family lives. Closer to the Chappaqua area, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and apparently Bill like to go to this uh, little shopping center or like coffee shop mm-hmm. in in the region where they live. Mm-hmm. And according to uh, Will's wife's parents, he can't. He genuinely can't shut the fuck up, Bill Clinton. Oh, he will really? talk to
1: strangers at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. He'll like sit there and say, like, "Hey, how you doing?" Well, I feel like I mean. And I've always thought this about like the president's kids and stuff like that. It's like it's such a sheltered world that if you're, you can't deny that Bill Clinton was bef- before he was president was probably just a personable dude, like you know, yeah, like, the governor of Arkansas, yeah, yeah, like like talking to people and stuff like that. So when you're in the presidency, everything's filtered through like you know the camera lens, and like you do have times where I think you're talking to like the press, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. standing there, but it's not like a one-on-one conversation. So like for him now, where he's old as fuck, he's like frailing away. He, Sees some like young pretty mom, and he's like, I want to have a conversation yeah, with I, her.
0: I'll never understand that mindset, like the mindset of the. I would call Bill Clinton like a super extrovert, mm-hmm. where he's like, he really, and I think Rogan's like this too, actually, because when we, you think out in public though, he has like conversations well, with people. Th- that is public to him. Like, so we went to the to the comedy club the first night we were here. Yeah, Joe wanted us to come to the comedy club. We went to the comedy club. We watched his set. Tony Hinchcliffe. Um, a couple others, Brian Simpson. Yeah. Brian Simpson's great. Yeah. He's great. And, um, then he, we, he wanted us to come to the green room afterwards and we went in there and he was, you know, for two hours, he was talking having a conversation with everybody and he, that's him yeah. as out. Like he wants to talk to everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, so the difference between an extrovert and an introvert is this, an extrovert, they gain energy from social interaction. So the more they talk to people, the better they feel, Yeah, the more they're like at ease, the more they're comfortable, They need that social interaction with people constantly in order to feel like I'm good. Mm -hmm. And an introvert, so like they they recharge by talking to people. An introvert is the exact opposite. An introvert needs to be by themselves for a little bit to recharge, to feel more at ease, to feel comfortable. That's the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. And the sense I get about a guy like Bill Clinton, the sense I get about Rogan, these are super extroverts. These are people who constantly want to be bouncing ideas off each other. Like if you tell me, all right, Kyle, you're going to stay in this hotel room for 24 hours a day. (laughs) Um, and tomorrow you'll come out and you'll do whatever you got to do. I look at that 24 hours is like, Oh, that's what's up. You like, Oh, I get out. to watch TV. I'll watch a basketball game. I'll, I'll watch a movie. I'll surf YouTube. I'll, yep, yep. I'll just chill in my underwear, laying in bed. Yep. If you tell that to Rogan or Bill Clinton, they'd be like, Oh no.
1: Yeah.
0: I tried to do Bill Clinton voice. Oh no.
1: <laughs> that was Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Yeah, <laughs> <was he? laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh God. No, I agree with that. But I, I think. I think it's good to have some type of balance with that, too, because, like, I've got three daughters, my wife, they're all always yelling some shit. And, like, when I get away for the weekend, it's nice to, like, just be locked in a room and yeah. have silence and shit. Of course, and
0: recharged. there's a spectrum, too. Like yeah. some pe- I think most people fall somewhere in the middle of the spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Like, sometimes they want that social interaction. Um, sometimes they want to talk to people and be sociable mm-hmm. and then other times they kind of want to be a little bit more alone. Yep. I think most people are in a reasonable middle on that but then you do have the extremes and I think Rogan, Bill Clinton, people like that are on the extreme end of super extroverts and whereas somebody like me, even though it doesn't look like it, I'm a super introvert, you know? You
1: can leave me alone for a week inside a room. As long yeah. as I have a
0: TV and an internet, internet connection, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm chilling.
1: Um Molly said this about me and I kind of like like i feel I feel like I'm a chameleon in that sense where like I can have a conversation with someone outside of the thing, like outside and like, you know, meet somebody new and, but then I also, like I was telling you when I got on the plane, like some people, it's just like in their nature to want to talk and be very nice and genuine and I'm a nice person and I love to talk and I care about people, but also there's a point too when like I get on the plane and the lady's from Maine and she's super nice and just a sweet lady and she's like asking me about Austin and like... Asking me questions, and I'm kind of like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) So, like, I have respect for people that can just pick up and talk to people because it's, like, a great trait to have because it's, like, you learn about people. You, like, it's great. It will help you in the world to be able to be like that. Yeah. But also, kind of, if you're that person and you're listening, uh, like, pick up cues. Like, if someone's plugging in their headphones to shut the fuck up for a second and then just (laughs) – it's a, it's a, it's a vibe thing, right? Like yeah. you were sending out the vibe
0: at the time of like, i, I, I got my headphones on. I just want to chill. I want to yeah. relax on a plane. Yes. And that was not reciprocated. They yes. just, you know, blew through all the signals. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, there are some super extroverts who are not going to read those signals, but also the worst at reading those signals is kids. They're yeah, incapable yeah, yeah. of reading those sort of, I can be laying in bed, <laughs> my eyes half closed, not moving. Whenever I even respond to anything, it's like, what? Yeah. Right. And and it's just they don't know. Yeah. They don't know. It's I think that I think that has to develop over time. You know what I mean? Like reading the social cues is something that develops over time. Yes. Where
1: they could sense the older they get, the more in tune they are with those around them. Wives too. I think my wife, Molly, shout out Molly, love you. She has an impeccable timing on if a sporting game is like final shot, game winning drive to ask me some shit. Like, it'll be the whole game I'm sitting there, watching, enjoying, chilling, she's, you know, whatever, doing this, doing that, TikTok, like, you know, like, five seconds left, all of a sudden now she wants to be like, hey, did you check to see if the basement air filter has one thing? I'm like, and it's not some shit I can just be like, yeah, yeah, I checked it. It's like a question that doesn't involve like just a quick answer so I love you but stop asking <laughs> shit the most important time of sports. people listening I don't know like you wouldn't even do an introduction they're like you're not hopefully going to get some intellectual political shit this episode um, but I'm Kyle's boy and I'm, I'm a oh, fan everybody of knows you everybody, everybody um,
0: everybody's a fan of Crystal Kyle friends you knows do. okay yeah
1: of course if you don't I like politics I try to be involved as much as I can and stay up to date with what's going on. But I'm like Kyle, like I just, I try not to engulf myself in it too much because it's just, as he shares on his channel, there's just, it's so comical to a point that like, even when like my dad will share something about George Santos or my sister's really involved with it, like she'll send me an article or they'll say something. And like, I don't even entertain it or like, converse in conversation because it's like, it's just such a joke and like everything just seems so fake and, and phony and the way like DeSantis picks up Trump's mannerisms and like all this shit. It's just like politics has become such a, it's like a Hollywood movie and everybody's actors that like, it's, it's scary one, but two, If you're not involved in politics, like with a YouTube channel or something where you have to comment on it and have to like, kind of like expose its fucking jokeness. I don't, I I have a lot of respect for you people who listen to Crystal and Kyle and like hear their thoughts because it's just so fake on the mainstream and like what's happening that it's like, it's not, doesn't seem real.
0: I think a lot of people feel like that. And that's why when you look at the voting rates come, you know, big elections, it's abysmal yeah you know, i don't remember off the top of my head but i want to say like 50 percent of the country votes maybe 60 percent of the country votes and it's like i get it you know my dad was kind of in that category
1: of like i feel like i'm in that category too like if i wasn't married to molly like and god bless her because like she'll give me the um voting form and say like hey fill this right, out fill we gotta drop it right, off yeah, yeah, like yeah. so she keeps you on top of keeps it. me in line with it because if not Unless I was really passionate, like I really loved Bernie Sanders, yeah. So you would vote for him. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. made it a point to figure out what I have to do, what I have to sign, where I have to go, this and that. And even then, it was kind of like a lot, a lot. Yeah, I it know. was like too much. People
0: are trying to pay the bills, man. People are just yeah. trying to get by. It's very difficult. Like you know? I, I got my kids, I've got work, I've got like just shit. Just that, that. You don't even need to say anything else. I got my kids, I got work. That enough is like. You don't have a spare second. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so
1: – it's so complicated and it, it was like without you, I would have like – I would have maybe found Bernie but like – Yeah, oh, you would have found him but yeah, it would have been –
0: even with him making the clear case of like this is how we need to fix it. This is what I'm going to do. This yeah. is why we need a political revolution. You would have heard that and been like, yeah, that's cool. But it would have been – you know it would have been tough to just go through all the steps and yeah. – get to the voting booth and, and did even you vote did you vote by mail or did you vote uh in person? For Bernie? For Bernie, yeah.
1: Um I think it was in person. It was like some Arab like or it was like an Islamic center where guys, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. we went to. But it yeah. wasn't it wasn't easy because Do you have to wait in line? I had to wait in a little bit of a line, yeah. But it was one of those where it was kinda like cool to be voting for Bernie. Mm. So like I, it wasn't like oh fuck. You know like mm. So, like, I'm in line. I was proud. You know, I was happy to, like, share my sticker and say that I voted right, for Verde and right. show the screen and all yeah. this stuff. All right, guys. We are back. I don't – so, uh, Corn and I are
0: using a thing called Riverside to record this. And the internet <laughs> at the hotel just oh, yeah. uh, Probably the, at the hotel. It was the internet at the hotel, but we were using Riverside and uh, – it may have not saved the entire first part of our conversation. Yeah, we had a good conversation, too. Yeah, we did. And we were going for a solid 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And that might be gone. I don't know. We'll
1: see. Maybe it'll upload it. But I don't see many signs of hope, to be honest. There's one thing going on the side of the screen that says, like, 41% uploaded, 42% uploaded. But That's it for Ky- this video. Yeah, Kyle thinks it's for this one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's probably a wrap. We talked about my cousin who might have killed Bill Clinton's dog. Um, <laughs> we did talk about we that. We talked about Kyle Ooh. on Rogan. Um, and just how his relationship has changed with Joe. So the conversation kind of, you know, involves some more relationship, just natural, like conversation, non-political shit, non-political stuff. Yeah. Like, and then I also mentioned that the audience probably doesn't know who the fuck I am. So it's not, they do. Everybody here knows who you are. Intellectual, like, you know, political in-depth conversation, but I had spoke about how I'm passionate about politics. Um, I like being involved in it, just understanding and being aware of what's happening, but also not being too close to it to get myself riled up or fed up because it's such a joke. It's such a comical, you know, movie we're watching um, and everybody is just an actor and they're figuring out how they have to be and present themselves and what people want to hear. Um, so it's cool and it's awesome and refreshing when there's people like Kyle, there's people like Crystal. Um even Sagar, you know, to his you know, defense, whether he's right or wrong on certain topics, um, to speak freely, to not put on an act, you know, to be passionate about what they're passionate about. So it's kinda of gangster, it's you know, and uh, you know, I'm happy to be friends with Kyle and kinda of be involved in this world because um I think it's important to be knowledgeable of what's happening because if you're not uh you're just a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably like these people on, I've been watching like the good liars. I don't know if you know those two guys. I like those guys. Yeah. They're funny. They'll like yeah. go to like the South and like have like a microphone in some guy's face with a MAGA hat on. And like, it's like, tell us what critical race theory is. And the guy's like, it's bad. It's bad. It's like, mm-hmm. you just tell me one thing about it? And like, that was their most recent video. And the guy was like, I don't want to get into it too much, but you know, let's just I wanna stop it. <laughs> yeah, those, those, <laughs> those guys are you can't good. tell me one thing about it, huh?
0: Yeah, those guys are good. Um so on a on a non-political note, the barbecue we had yesterday, we met we met up with uh Brown and David Griscom and yeah, uh, cool guys. Yeah, and we were uh we were chilling, eating barbecue at this place called Terry Black's. Famous in Austin, yeah. We have um There's a behind-the-scenes recording that will drop eventually on my channel of, like, everything, what it was like behind-the-scenes here. Man, that food was something else. Yeah. That food was incredible. The barbecue they have here is ridiculous. Bro,
1: the meat falls off the bone. If you go to a spot, and it doesn't even have to be in Texas, but, like, Texas, if you're going to a spot and you don't see outside of the shit, the big slow cooker and multiple of them. Yeah. And they have, like, a chimney with smoke beaming out of that shit and you pull up into the parking lot and like you just you get smacked in the face with some barbecue ass smell leave it's totally different it's amazing so no nowhere in the northeast do they have some shit like this nowhere there's like dinosaur barbecue upstate new york which is like popular barbecue Mm -hmm. but to what i just said there's no like od slow cooker there's no smoke there's no like you know like Like authentic, like you know, feel of like barbecue and like wood and like rust. It it feels like a chain dinosaur barbecue. So yeah, there's nothing comparable. I think in like the East, Northeast. The first person to bring that
0: to there will be a multimillionaire. Yeah, you know, because like people talk about like New York pizza is great pizza, and Mm -hmm. other places like just can't can't replicate it. Bagels in New York, same thing. But like the the gap between pizza in the Northeast and everywhere else is much smaller. Than the gap between the barbecue here and the barbecue there. You think so? I do, yeah, I really
1: do. I've been to some other states that try to have pizza and I'm like, I mean, don't you get me wrong. You can always get
0: something passable. You that's, can always that's get like, yeah, 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 first yeah. of all, they have Domino's everywhere, they have Pizza Hut everywhere. If you get a good uh, Domino's pizza, or you get a good Pizza Hut pizza. Yeah. It's good. It's not New York pizza. It's a little different. Yes. But it's still good. Yeah. You can get, you know, you get barbecue in the Northeast and it's just like, this is not even that's, remotely the same thing. Yeah, that's you know? a fair point. So yeah. you said you like Terry Black's better than Cooper's, the one we had last time. I was a bigger fan of Cooper's, but just by a little bit. Yeah. I thought Cooper's was a little bit better. But it's, it's man, the line was out the door, dog. Like, it was 33 degrees, like raining. What is it? Thursday gross. Thursday night? Right. Thursday night, you know, imagine what it's like on a Friday. It was night. like dinner
1: time too. And it was, I mean, or like pre dinner time a little bit, but Thursday night like, freezing cold shit was still packed. Like out the door, mad people out were the doing, door. Uh-oh. There was one table that opened up and we had to sprint to get that shit. Shit sold yeah. out. Like it's, it's good and bad. You want to see a chalkboard that says like sold out of this, this and this. Cause then you know, their shit is banging. But then at the other side of it, you get left with all the shit that nobody wants. So like they had a menu board that was like, we just have this, this and this but it was still banging but like you got to have a strategy when you go to barbecue because like when you one you're going to the restaurant hungry as fuck two you're usually like a tourist so like you're like I'm going to house some barbecue and you have in your mind that like when I get to Texas I'm going to eat mad barbecue so when you get up to the meat and you just see fucking mad meat in front of the lady and she's slicing that shit and it's juicy and it's like on a scale and floppy you're like I need more I need I, more. I was decisive with what I knew I wanted, though. Yeah, no. We knew what we wanted. But the amount is the thing. The amount yeah. is the thing.
0: But so. we OD'd. We got so much meat. And then, pause. <laughs> and then, you know, we had Aaron Brown, David Griscom, and they had two people with them, too. Yeah, the, yeah. Shout out to those guys. Really cool guys. Union guys. Yes. Um, And we, we had gotten enough where we thought, maybe this will be good for for us, us five. Yeah, four or you, five. Me, you, Crystal, David. And, uh, and and Ryan, and then it
1: was like, we no, could have fed the whole restaurant with this. We
0: had two extra people and still couldn't, couldn't yeah, finish yeah. it all. So my order was pork ribs,
1: Yep, banging pork ribs,
0: beef ribs, ribs and brisket.
1: Rib, bang, yeah. Now,
0: me personally, my favorite was the pork ribs. I thought the pork, pork ribs were probably good. the best Next out of everything. Level Crystal, disagrees. she thinks the brisket was the best? Brisket
1: was very good, too, and they even had a couple burn ends that they blessed us with. Um... The mac and cheese was bomb. Like the mac and cheese. Bang. Is okay. Good from that so the spot. mac and cheese from that spot was better than the mac and cheese from Cooper's. That's I what I, so yeah. I was talking to a friend that lives in Houston and he was like, did you get the mac and cheese? And like, Bang. I think the mac and cheese at Cooper's, if I remember, cause it was like a year, a little over a year ago, like, they put peppers and shit in it too, which is like if you're going to make some mac and cheese, just keep that shit mac and cheese. You don't need to put the peppers and do some other shit. In yeah, it. Like, just normal. But it didn't have that, that flavor to it that's like buttery, cheesy. Yes, deliciousness, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a little bit more on the bland side than the mac and cheese from Peppers. Yes. Sometimes people could go OD with like the, like if you're making stuffing or some shit at Thanksgiving, don't put some raisins in it. Like don't try and get funky and put some almonds or some shit. Like Keep a dish authentic to how it's like the shit is called mac and cheese. It's not called mac and cheese with some shit in it. Like, just keep it mac and cheese. Like You want to be able to be the deciding factor of like, all right, I'm going to throw some brisket in this shit. I'm going to throw some of my own peppers in this shit. And you be the chef at the table. Like, Just keep it the shit it is. it is. So like, I respect Terry Black's for just being like, we're going to make mac and cheese. Here it is. I'm getting hungry, by the way, with this conversation. <laughs> So yesterday, I was
0: so shot at the end of the day. Oh, my God. The podcast with Rogan was like three and a half hours. And the night before, we were out late at the comedy club. And then we got back. I didn't sleep all that great. I slept like mediocre. Mm -hmm. But like when I was done with the Rogan podcast after the long ass day, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm good. I could have went for like another hour in the conversation. The second we came back to the hotel and I walked into the hotel rooms, I got smacked in the face with like, bitch, your body's not even going to work the rest of the day. Like go lay down. I laid down. I started feeling like a little nauseous and shit. Right. I didn't want to move. Yeah. And then, like, I was able to somehow threw some cold water on my face. I like got a little bit of a second wind, and then we got to the barbecue spot, and I was a little better. Yeah. But when I got back, when we were done with the barbecue, and I got back, crash, crash. Oh, oh man! Like we, I turned on the TNC NBA games, watched the end of the first game, and just a little bit of the beginning of the second
1: game, and they were just out, out, out. It's almost know? like I've said to you in the past when you have an upset stomach and like. You can keep it together while you're out in public, but then you have this timer in your stomach that when you get to like your room or your house and the toilet bowl, it's yeah. a wrap. Like I didn't have boom, no, I didn't, didn't have know, diarrhea it, or anything. No, no, not I'm yeah. just saying it's the same comparable of like when you got back to your room it was an instantaneously like oh, smacked in the face. Yeah, like yeah. so it's like your body knows and keep like, it together, keep it together, keep it, keep it, together, together. Keep it together boom. Now, yes, it, yeah, now yeah.
0: it's okay. But now, like now that we're talking about the food, I'm ready for round it's, two. Oh yeah! So today, here's here's what I want to do today. So me and you were we're recording this now. Me and you are going to go get In and Out, mm-hmm. which I look. We don't have In and Out in the Northeast, so whenever you have the opportunity to eat In and Out, it's yep. like let's do it. Let's get you know it. what yep, I mean. Yeah. Their fries are so so, but their burgers are
1: banging, banging. And and so we went to Rogan yesterday and we spoke about this a little bit. We didn't talk about. Every time we go, and I kind of respect this for them, he's got a couple security guards and stuff that are there chilling outside the studio, and because they talk for three, four hours, it's usually a time where it's lunchtime or something, so they're always very nice about like, hey, we're putting in an order for food, do you want to get in on it? And the guy hit me with like a, do you want something, you know, some food, and he handed me his phone, and it was Whataburger, and he was like very gung-ho about being like, I don't Whataburger, and like, we're proud to have yeah. this shit, and like, I've had it before. And I had to kind of match his energy because, like, I knew he was very passionate about the Whataburger. But in my mind, I'm not really so, like, high on Whataburger. So I hit him with, like, oh, man, thank you so much type of shit. And even while we were eating it, like, I had to still kind of, like, double down and be like, yeah, man, thank you so much. When in reality, like, you were. Yeah, like, Whataburger is, like, it doesn't do it for me. It's kind of like a dryish burger. Um, I don't get all the onions and barbecue sauce and everything so like when we remembered that there's an In-N-Out here kind of got a little jazz because like I fuck with In-N-Out more than Whataburger but Whataburger is kind of Texas is like shit that's their shit
0: right yeah. So like
1: people get yeah, so passionate about Whataburger but I'm going to have to pump the brakes on Whataburger so if you're from Texas or you're a Whataburger fan be easy a little bit cuz there's shit out there that's that's a little better Yeah so in my opinion like a top-notch uh, Five Guys Burger.
0: The consistency varies a little bit. Sometimes you get a Five Guys Burger and you're like, eh. But like, if you get a good Five Guys Burger, that blows every other one out of the water, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right underneath that, and the consistency of this is next level, in and out has been very, very consistent. Yeah. I feel like whenever I've gotten an in and out Burger, it's always very, very solid. Yeah. Yeah, so I put that there. Then I go probably Shake Shack. And then underneath that, I go, what a burger? I only had one in my life, and it was the last time we were in Austin. Yeah, it, yeah. I had the same sort of experience as you did. I was like, I don't know, man. In and out seems better. Five guys seems better. But so I want to find a way today that we're recording this. I want to find a way to get in and out today, and then also I want to try to get some Coopers. You know, like oh, you want to go back? to I Coopers? want to try to get some Coopers, bro. <laughs> I mean, look. So we got so we're recording this now, and then uh, Crystal and Sagar going on Rogan's. So we'll go over yeah, to the yeah, studio busy day. and then yeah. the live show at night. Watch some of that. Hit some golf shots in a simulator. Chilling. And then, then we have the live show tonight, yeah. which I think starts at 7.30. we got to be there a little bit earlier. Yeah. But who's to say we can't find a way when we're there? Like, let's get some Coopers. There's got to be a quick – There's got to be a, a way little, to get some Coopers, yeah. right? Like, I wonder if Uber Eats will go to Coopers for you and sort of bring that shit. No? What do you
1: um, think? Uh, I feel like that is probably a thing. Because it's gotta like be, right?
0: it's so good. Like you can't just not have somebody yeah, I'll pick it up. Pick that's what I'm saying. Around, There's gotta be like a, a lot, bit, lot of people
1: good. here on vacation that are like I don't have time to get over to Coopers, and that like someone is like, I'll go wait online, and get your shit and bring it to you. Yeah. So like yeah, I feel like if if that's not a thing, it should be a thing. Yeah. If you're if you're listening and you're down to wait online and get somebody banging barbecue. Um someone told me about this place, uh I don't even know the name of it. But you, you gotta it's like only open on Saturdays. And you have to get there at like 3 in the morning. And they sell out in like the first hour. It's a barbecue spot? It's a barbecue spot. Oh, my god! Yeah. Um, Snows or something like that. I don't know what it was called. I have, I have so there, much
0: right? respect for these kinds of businesses that are like. He told me it was only open on Saturday. I was I like, what? Because like, you, you know you know what that means, right? You know that the person who owns that basically prints money one day of the week. And is yep. just like, I'm only going to do this one day of the week.
1: Yeah. And it just works. It's, you know? Yeah. It's like the spots that. If a spot you go to is cash only, you know, their shit is, is like, is valid. Amazing. like they're dodging their taxes. They don't yeah. want to pay any damn taxes, yep. but they know like we're going to make a
0: gazillion dollars. Even if we open it one day of the week, even if we only do cash. Yep. They make people leave their
1: restaurant, go like, they go like, get some actual money, go to, to an money. ATM. And it's typically in a neighborhood where you're using an ATM that is stealing your <laughs> own shit. It's stealing your brother's shit. It's stealing your mom's shit. It's stealing your, shit. It's stealing your grandmother's shit. But the food is that good. I've had plenty of instances where like I've either forgot or I've been to some spot in a different state where they're like cash only. I'm like, where's the closest ATM? They're like, all right, take two blocks, go down. It's on the outside of this building. You got to use the shit. It's got graffiti on it. It's got like piss on the ATM. (laughs) Like the the cash door is open. But you still got to like get your money out and, um, and gotten the food. So shout out to all the spots that are doing cash only. Um, because they usually are hooking their waitresses and waiters up too. And they're also probably getting good tips because it's a busy spot. But yeah, just so everybody knows though, it really is true.
0: Places that do cash only. The whole reason they're doing cash only is we don't want to pay taxes. We want to lie on our taxes. Say we made like it's it's a restaurant that's doing cash only. Maybe they do $5 million a year. Yeah. Right. And they're like, they'll report. Like actually we did like $1
1: million. You know what they pay taxes on that lower number. That's the whole reason why you do it. It's so messed up because. Um, I think now this year, finally, Molly said that we might be getting some money back, which is nice. Cause I, I've Oh, heard, from your taxes. Yeah. That like when you have kids, you get money back and it, yeah, helps, well like- the
0: extended child tax credit, when that was in place, blessed you guys oh, because good. you got, I Who think did that Biden, uh, yes, Biden did that early on in his know, time, Joe. time in office. So what, the, and I talked to Joe Rogan about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for kids under six, I think it was $3,600 per kid in a tax credit. God damn. So, yeah. So, Nick
1: Cannon is balling oh, on top of balling. Like, yeah. He's getting his celebrity money and he's, maybe that's why he's having every kid of every So, <laughs> it, really, it, it reduced child
0: poverty by 50%. Now, that it shit It reduced? It I reduced child poverty it. by 50%. Like, it just cut in half child oh, poverty. Oh, child poverty. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like child
1: birth rate. No, so no, no, no. Like no child no. yeah.
0: poverty was yeah, cut yeah, in yeah. half. But, that shit ran out after like a year. Oh. And then they were just like, alright, we're not gonna re-up it. And it's like, you're basically saying,
1: I want to put millions of kids back in poverty by not like, what? It's,
0: what are you doing? Just re
1: up it. Yeah. yeah, like when something is working and going right, that's why it's like that old saying of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? right? Yeah, that's a good, that's a, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a saying. Yeah. Um, same shit. Like, it's yeah. working. It's working. It's keep keep not broken. It. But they don't do it. Like,
0: the, they don't care. You know, the reason they did it, here's why they did it. We had the pandemic, people were struggling. You know, a lot of the economy was shut down. People needed a cash infusion. They needed help ASAP. Or we were going to have serious, serious economic ramifications. Yeah. And so they were like, we kind of got to do this. But the second they
1: felt like we don't have to have to do this, they were
0: like, fuck them. That's what happens.
1: It's so counterproductive and like whatever of our government of like, this is working. It's helping people. Let's stop doing it. And it's the same thing of like polling and what people show in their polls and what they want of like, You always say this, like there's something that's like 95% this Mm -hmm. and the government's like, no, yeah, no. Well, that
0: like the the (laughs) thing that pulls like the highest, highest is money out of politics and they're, and they're just like, no, that's how we work. Like that's just the way the system works. We get money from corporations and billionaires and then we do their bidding it's just, it, it's ridiculous. Another good one is over 90% is like a universal background check for gun purchases. Yeah. And even that we don't get, we did some, there was a little bit of gun reform under Biden. One of the things he did was uh, he closed what's called the boyfriend loophole. So the way it worked is if you're in a marriage and your husband is abusive, mm-hmm. it is legal for the state to come confiscate his guns. Oh, you have insane. a proven history of domestic violence. It's a wrap. We're going to take your guns. Shut the fuck up. But there was a boyfriend loophole where like you could be in a long-term relationship and you're not married to the person. And there's a track record of them being abusive and they couldn't take the guns. But now they change that. They can come take the guns if it's an abusive boyfriend. Okay. Uh, the other thing they did was they gave money to states for what's called red flag laws, mm-hmm. which is like if somebody's acting a fool and they're saying like, I'm going to kill your ass, and they're like having a psychological breakdown, you're legally allowed to take their guns because there's red flags there that they're about to do some fucked up Unless shit. Unless
1: you're in Virginia and you're like a first grader, then they won't. Oh, yeah. Them. That story was crazy. <laughs> no, was I mean, great. but like, yes, it's amazing that like those laws are in place. And I'm I'm, I'm from New York. I live in Illinois now. And I know the governor. Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, Pritzker put into place. Uh, it was like a uh, automatic gun ban. Or automatic something weapon like. ban. Yeah, okay. but there was some. Or was it semi-automatic? Or semi-automatic. Or was it, it was a semi-automatic maybe. weapon ban? Some. Because I think automatic weapons are banned for the whole country. Oh. Okay. Semi-automatic are not necessarily. Maybe it goes by state for that. It, it some he did something with guns that was was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some little town or something that fought it, and so it's like on hold now. And oh, they sued the, over it are in the sued? courts. Yeah, so like. It's a the courts, man. It's just weird that like the power of like some like little town can fight it against the governor well, who's basically saying like, "Here's what's gonna be." It's like like a a child, like a grandfather and a family saying, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do." And some some like kid grandson of his being like, "No, being we're, like, not no. Doing we're doing the opposite." Yeah, and yeah. then like being like, "Okay, okay. we gotta yeah. listen yeah. to the six year old." Like, yeah,
0: I mean that's but that's that's what happened with the student loan debt reduction. Biden came out and was like, we're going to do $20,000 of student loan debt reduction for Pell Grant recipients if you make $125,000 a year or less. We're going to do 10000 reduction for people who make $125,000 a year or less. We're going to cap your payment for your student loans at 5% per month. Obama had capped it at 10%. That was still too much of a chunk for people to pay, so he reduced it to 5%. It would have wiped out like 40% or 50% of all student loan debt. It was a good idea, right? I mean, I wish he went further and did it all, but he didn't get rid of it all, but he did some of it. And I was like, that's more than I expected him to do. Yeah. And then the courts step in, people sue, and like, I'm damaged by this. How are you damaged? It's helping people. What are you talking about? You're damaged by it. Some of the people who sued were like, you didn't get rid of enough of my student loan debt. It's like, okay, then don't sue to stop this. Sue to make it go further, right? right. They didn't do that. They sued to stop it. It's going through the court system. And then some fuckhead judge is like, yeah, we say this is not constitutional. And then that's it. And now it's got to go to the Supreme Court. And they're going to decide. And they're a conservative Supreme Court. So you could just be like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and not allow you to do this, even though you have the legal authority to do it. Because previous president, Trump did it with certain people who owned, who had student loan debts for like disabled veterans or something, canceled it. That was allowed to go through. Why can't Biden use the same justification to do it? They're just going to be like, no, we don't want you to do it. So you're not going to do it. And it's crazy. I mean, Biden could just turn around and say under the 1965 higher education act, the secretary of education is allowed to like, the, the federal government owns 90% of uh, the student debt. So they, if they can do whatever they want with it, they give get rid of 90% of it just like that, but they're going to try to block it. And it's just like, you have these, these courts that function as, like, the courts are, like, an authoritarian veto for whatever these douchebags want. A lot of, you know, a lot of these judges are unelected. They went to these, they were part of the fucking Federalist Society, which is a right-wing thug group. And they just get to veto anything and everything that's good that happens. I mean, it's ridiculous. It shows that judicial review has gone way too far, where, like, you elect a government. Every once in a while, the government does something good. You voted for them. They do some good shit. And then the courts are like, no, we're only going to let you do the bad shit. And
1: it's like, what are we doing here, man? This is so stupid. It's sad. And that goes back to my point of like. I'm happy that I'm knowledgeable to on the surface of what's happening in politics. But like if I were to get caught up in all of that stuff, too, when it's not my job to cover politics, it's it's. Frustrating. It's it's annoying. It's like confusing and it's like agitating and you get riled up and like I have a lot of respect and I said this on the first podcast. So if you are the first shit, we were it done, might be in it. It might not be. We don't know if it's saved yet in the ether somewhere. <laughs> yeah, Um I've got a lot of respect for people that like get passionate about this stuff and like want to make a difference and try and make a difference because it's important. But then, like in my mind, I'm like, nothing's changing. Like I feel like. Yes, stuff may be at some point going in the right direction and getting better, but it's also moves so slow for such obvious things. But on the flip side of it, people like on the other side of it feel so strongly against it that they feel that it's you know it's good it's not moving that fast. But I feel like there's more people that agree that that a lot of bad like I don't know things should be better.
0: Yeah, well, I, 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 I understand. Absolutely. No, I understand what you're saying. Um, I think that the people who are against these sort of obvious positive changes have kind of been brainwashed into that. You yeah, because mm-hmm. your default people's default perspective is usually right. So like it, the great example I use all the time is in Florida in 2020, Trump won the election against Biden in that state. Mm-hmm. Right. He won. But those same people who voted for Trump, we had 60 percent of the state of Florida voted to increase the minimum wage. So that tells you, like, people's instinct on some shit. Like, they might say, oh, I'm a conservative Republican, I love Trump. And it's like, hey, should this guy who's making fucking $7.25 an hour or $10 an hour and he can't survive even though he's working full time, should he be able to pay his bills? Yeah, and that person's like, well, of course I think they should be. Like, what are you talking about? Even yeah. though I'm a conservative Republican, of course I'm not an idiot, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so people's, like, instinctual reaction I feel like is oftentimes reasonable yeah. when you present it to them like, hey, here, here's the facts of the situation. The problem is people get lost in, you know, like – Fox news
1: and media could just brainwash people into basically voting against their interests. Well, I mentioned this to you. I think it was on the first shit too, of like uh, the good liars are, are funny and I've been fed a lot of their stuff on my Twitter feed. And their most recent video was they go to like the South and they interview some MAGA guy and they ask him about like critical race theory. And I'm, I don't know the first thing really about it either, but like people who are out at these events rallying with signs of like against it, and they'll ask them like, hey, what is it? Yeah. What is it? And they're just like, Yeah, I don't I don't want to get into specifics right. and details. It's yeah. like, okay, that's fine, but can you just tell me one thing? One thing. And the guy's like, Yeah, I, I I'm done here. They don't know what they're fighting against. It's just they listen to these people on TV who like are propped up in these studios and everything like looks all glamorous and they're yelling and screaming and they put it in this like easily digestible form for people to understand. Um and so they, they regurgitate that shit, and they hear it, and they're just like, yeah, what he said is right. Like, they're teaching my kid gay stuff in school, and they need to stop it. When, like, at the end of the day, like, none of that is going on. and it's, yeah, just like, it's the it's boogeyman. Of, the
0: boogeyman of the day. It's, he worked up about this. Yeah. Like, that's not happening. It's like what's happening in Florida right now. Um, Ron DeSantis is – they basically crack down on libraries that teachers have in elementary schools. So they're forced by law to get all the books that they have approved by somebody with the Florida Board of Education. And so you have these teachers who have to strip down their little libraries that they have in their classrooms, get rid of all the books or cover up all the books and they have to get approved. It's like, what are we doing here? Are you, is, is the argument really that every book that this elementary school teacher has is unacceptable or is like, cause they made, you know, they made the argument, we don't want any porn in the classroom. And it's like, there is no fucking porn in the classroom. What are you talking about? There's no porn. And some of the stuff that these, like, that has been struck down by the Florida Board of Education include, like, the biography of, of, of Rosa Parks and the biography of, uh, what is it, Hank Aaron. Like, it's like, what are we, what are we doing here? And these are the same people who claim, like, their big thing is the First Amendment and free speech and we're against wokeness because it cracks down on freedom. And it's like, you guys have banned 600 books in the state of Florida. There's a big report from Penn America that laid this out. Number one in book bans, where I'm sitting right now, Texas, they banned 800 books in this state, 600 book bans in Florida. You can't say, I love the First Amendment, I love free speech, I love freedom, and then you guys are the ones who are out there banning books? Like, if you really, if you really disagree with some shit that's in the classroom, then debate it, discuss it. Like, we, you should be able to have a discussion. I'm not saying teach critical race theory as, like, these are the facts. Let me just give you what it – I'm saying you could bring it up and have a discussion
1: about that shit. That's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, 100%. And I I think Crystal's made this point. You made this point. I think DeSantis has kind of gotten caught up on just, like, what's, like – Culture war shit. Culture war shit that, like, you know, gets picked up in the news and it's just, like, a topic that's easily – like, you see it on the screen and you're like, oh, wow. Like, that's what he's fighting against right now? He did people, the gas
0: stove thing. You saw that? The gas stove. And he was no like, oh, yeah, we're going to do. First of all, the overwhelming majority of the state of Florida has electric stoves. Uh-huh. Like for whatever reason, gas stoves like the Northeast is where they're big. Mm-hmm. And there's one of the, I think in the West Coast too, they're big. But like, so they already have mostly electric stoves there. So he does this virtue signal thing of like, I'm going to make a gas stoves tax free. You're not coming for our gas stoves. <laughs> and this is all because there was a, a, a scientific study that came out that said something like 12% of asthma cases in kids is because of gas stoves in houses. And they, you know, it's also linked to fine particulate matter and it leads to cancer and all these other issues. It's just a detailed study that's like, hey, there are real health consequences for having a gas stove in the house. They got so triggered by that because they thought Biden was coming to ban the gas stoves that they're now they're like doubling down on their love of gas stoves. If if we had the lead paint debate in today's day and age, they'd be pro-lead paint. They'd be pro-asbestos. Uh, they'd be pro-remember the leaded and unleaded gasoline? Yeah. We learned that that leaded gasoline was poisoning people. Yeah. And it was like places that had a lot of leaded gasoline in the air there was a much higher crime rate because it fucks with your brain and your body chemistry and it makes yeah. you have a shorter fuse and it makes you more aggressive. And they would argued like hands off my leaded gasoline. And it's like, how stupid do you guys have to be? Not everything should be this culture war issue. And like, you know, so, so divisive, like for the love of God, just accept some facts at face value, especially when we have other stoves that basically do the same shit. Yeah. We already have an electric stove that works just as, I don't buy this bullshit. People like, Oh, if you cook some on an electric stove, bro, it's so much different and so much worse. Shut the fuck up. It takes 12 extra seconds to make your soup and you're melting down over it. Like, bro the fuck up. What are we talking about here? And I think electric stoves are cooler, by the way. Crystal pointed out they're easier to
1: clean, right? might be a little harder to get your temperature control right, but you can still get your shit done. Those shits kind of fuck me up sometimes because, like, uh, one, sometimes you don't know if those shits are on and you have to look at the back and it's like burners on. But, like, the gas shit, you know, you see the fire, you know, like, so, like, I don't know. That shit is confusing. Her mom's dad has one, and it's like I never know if the shit is actually on. I'm like, is this still on? Usually, I have a color thing. Yeah, I yeah, get, yeah, but like sometimes when the pan's on, you can't see if it's actually on. Like it right. blocks the whole shit. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just a stupid fight to be fucking like picking. Then it's like he's picking so many of those that like. Well, he, that's how he built his name, man. Like this, he oh, built his picking, petting. He built petting. his name. So here's
0: what he's good at. He's good at tapping into what is the right-wing culture war outrage of the day? Whatever that is, he will lead the charge of like, I'm fighting against this. And so that's how he's built himself a little bit of a strong following is because he caters to that right-wing base. Mm. And so he feeds them more of that shit than Trump does. Like Trump is not as online as DeSantis is. And so Trump's a little bit lost in the ether talking about the stolen election nonstop. Yeah. Whereas DeSantis is really tapped into, here's what the right-wing base wants to hear. And so that's how he built his name. So he's going to keep doing that. The The trick for him that will be difficult is like, how do you transition to a little bit more normiedom to like get across to people who are more moderate, more independent more open-minded who aren't online and watching Ben Shapiro videos and Steven Crowder videos and all that right-wing blog bullshit. So that'll be, that'll be the challenge for him, but he's plotted his way where politically he's in the best place other than Trump to be the Republican nominee.
1: Yeah. Um, and you made some points to Rogan yesterday of like showing him why DeSantis is bad because he, he's terrible. You know, he's come out and said, some favorable things about DeSantis. But yesterday he was very specific in pointing out the reason why, you know, like he said, he did—he was right on COVID and um, was very specific of why he liked him. So I think he's kind of given himself an out card to find a candidate that is better than him because obviously DeSantis, I think, is a lunatic. And he, I think he knows that too. So yeah. he wants to have both sides of it where he can always point to, like, no, nah, I just said he was good on that. Right. Yeah. He, his comments previously were like, I think DeSantis would make a good president. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things he said.
0: He brought him up like two or three times in a very positive light. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to push back a little bit on that. And so he was, I said, why do you like DeSantis? And I let him do his thing. And he said, it's really about COVID specifically, because when everybody else was shutting down, he was keeping stuff open. And I appreciate that because I think so many businesses got absolutely obliterated and destroyed when you shut down the economy. And look, I understand that perspective, especially since now you see the places that shut down and the places that didn't shut down. It's similar death rates from COVID oh, really? regardless. Like, yeah, yeah, whether you shut down or didn't, you still have a similar death rate. So now maybe if you do a complex analysis, you find that there was like 6% better you know, life, lives being saved in places that shut down or whatever. I don't know, but I understand that perspective. But what he had to disregard to make the argument is like, you can't say he's good because then you're denying like one of Joe's biggest issues is weed. He wants to legalize weed, and DeSantis says he thinks it should still be illegal because it smells bad. And it's like, okay, well, let like, me tell you that about him. About edibles, yeah. <laughs> and then um, the other thing was he's against raising the minimum wage. He's Joe's in favor of raising the minimum wage. The other thing is, I went through his his history of being corrupt and taking twenty million from Wall Street and you know serving his donors. <laughs> and so you need you need to know the full picture before you make a decision. If you like Bernie. To like DeSantis doesn't make sense because they're totally opposite. I mean, if you're, if you're saying I like them both and you s- stand by that, that's th- then you're doing vibes-based politics. Like, I don't know, I just like the way this guy presents it, and I like the way that guy presents it, even though they totally disagree. And one of the things I want to do is get people away from vibes-based politics.
1: I want them to go to the actual policies. But it's, I mean? it's, it's the opposite on the other side of it, right? Because wasn't it a very thin line of if Bernie was the candidate, didn't a lot of people say that? a lot of Trump supporters could have been swayed to vote for Bernie. Like,
0: Correct. Yeah. That but, it, but it doesn't really
1: work with someone being like a, a Bernie fan going to DeSantis. You know, right? Yeah. Well, DeSantis, that's actually like, if Ron DeSantis li- like listens, uh, that could be a good, like, uh, like to like little DeSantis-y. cat. That's you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll right. Yeah. So like, it's true. The vibes based stuff, if people go based off vibes um, or just like general feeling and sentiment, they could have thought Trump's anti-establishment and Bernie's anti-establishment, and so I'll vote for, I'd vote for Bernie, Yeah, even though I had voted for Trump. Like, I could see that. Um, yeah, but the vibes, clearly for Joe, these vibes worked in the other way now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I like Bernie because of this issue, and because of these issues, and then I like the stance because there's one issue, so now I'm going to I'm going to say I like him, too. So, yeah, the vibes thing can get you in trouble. Yeah, I see what you're saying. There are instances where the vibes thing actually does cut in the right direction. Yeah. But still, I'd rather those people vote for Bernie for the actual right reasons. Not just because, like, oh, I get this general feeling he's anti-establishment, and that's enough. No, it's like you should be able to point to here's his healthcare care policy or whatever yeah. to say this is why he's actually good. You know, the vibes thing, Well, I think that's it can go wrong too easy with vibes, so yes. you've got to sort of get beyond vibes. But, like, I get it. We have a better chance with vibe stuff with some people than non-vibes Well, them. that's
1: why I think the vibe stuff worked with Bernie because he was like, his vibes are... I'm, I'm feeling his vibes. It, it, he's against the establishment. Right. And also, I agree with, you know, I, everyone should have universal health care. Whereas I don't see the the flip side working because it's like, okay, I, I like Ron DeSantis' vibes, but all of his political shit is fucked up. So yeah. it's like, I'm not going to go to that guy just because I like his vibes. He doesn't have anything
0: else I like. Right. With. That's, and that's so, my job. My job is explaining to people why... Hey, look past the vibes a little bit. Yes, yeah. Because I, like, I get, it. like, I get it. I see it. You look at Joe Biden; he's half dead. You look at Kamala Harris; he's the fakest person to ever live. You look at, you look at Mayor Pete; he's a, he's a, you know, an Obama clone and knockoff. You look at Bernie; he's one thousand and thirty-six years old. Like, you look at all these people. You look at Trump; he's a psycho. You look, like, you go down the list of all these other people in the conversation. And I understand somebody like Joe saying, "Well, DeS- DeSantis seems the most normal." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can understand that perspective, but there's
1: detailed reasons as to why that's actually not the best way to look at the situation. You know what I mean? Well, we were talking about this yesterday and it's kind of interesting because I don't know if we have a different perspective because we're from New York and like, we've like met a lot of different types of people, but it's sad to think that a lot of people fall for just con men, con man, con men. Yeah. Or like scam artists or people that like just put on this phony act and a lot of people fall for that. And it's like, I guess I don't, I can kind of read if someone's lying, if they're fake, if they're, you know, like bullshitting me or, you know, if they're being authentic, but there's a lot of people in this country that like, they see someone on TV talking a certain way and acting a certain way and looking a certain way. And they're like, that guy's telling the truth or that guy's this or that. And it's like, it's sad because there's a lot of gullible people and there's a lot of people that just get duped easily. And I never thought that someone could get duped that easily but my sister-in-law like she falls for those like phone scams where it's like i'm a oh. prince from africa send me five hundred dollars like i think she fell for it once but like um there's people that just like i feel like we're good-hearted at nature that like we want to help people and want to trust people i think by our basic instincts but i think there's a lot of people that are just bad people that have no remorse to, like, screw you over, take your money. Well, look at George Santos. That's a great idea. Just he's His whole life has been one giant pathological lie. Just lie after lie after lie after lie. And for, like, him, as an example, it's sad because it's, like, as much as people are shitting on him, as much as, like, criticism he gets, he's got to walk through the hallways and there's camera and people, like, asking him questions he probably doesn't want to hear. He's still on TV. He's still, like, people know his name and, like, he's still – able to speak into a microphone and like have his voice heard where it's, it's sad that you kind of get rewarded for like all of that. I mean, it's a great point. It's a great
0: point when it comes to, I mean, you make a good point. A lot of people are trusting and maybe even overly trusting. And then if you get somebody who comes along, who's got a charisma about them and a confidence about them, they can be totally pathological, totally sociopathic and just end up getting what they want. Because if you're able to present yourself in a way that makes normal people go, Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, I trust that guy. Then you're in trouble because those people will take advantage of you. Those people will scam you. Those people will be total frauds. I mean, Crystal, the story Crystal's obsessed with now. The fourth richest guy in the world is this Indian billionaire and he has this giant company, one of the biggest companies in the world. And it's all coming out now that the whole thing is a total scam. It's all shell companies and shifting money around and all that's coming to light now. And so the valuation of the company is plummeting. And it's like, How did we get to this point where there's the case? And unfortunately, I think the world does sort of reward the the charismatic type people who can do people, you know, because people, if you see like confidence and you see certitude, um, that can be a sign of like, this is a good leader. This is an intelligent person. They have the answers. But that also could be a sign of a dead eyed sociopath who knows the things to say. To get, to get people to respect them and give them money and, you know, and, and trust them. And so it's tough. It's like a flaw in our psychology. You know what I mean?
1: Massive flaw in our psychology where um, – But but for us, I feel like it's so obvious. It's like the old – age old like you see a guy with a huge monster truck and big tri- tires and he's revving his engine. Little dick. And it's like – Little dick. In theory, you'd be like, that guy's got a big dick, man. Like he's got his truck. Tiny meat. And, <laughs> They have the smallest dick. Yeah. It's the same thing with like a politician who's like out there all aggressive. And we're doing this. And you – like we're going to get them. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. That's not happening. But people fall for it and people get duped and it's it's sad and it's like it's, – it's, it's embarrassing because it's like you want to give them a hug and just be like, it's so
0: obvious, man.
1: Just don't believe that.
0: Yeah, it is frustrating, isn't it? When you know, when you know for sure, yeah. this person is full of shit. And, but other people are like, no, I'm all in. I love this. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? I don't know if you follow this at all. Logan Paul, huge YouTuber, he did this. Uh, yeah, Jake Paul's he, brother, right? Yeah, he yeah, did this yeah, yeah. scam. He did this uh, Crypto Zoo scam. It was like and a game that involves crypto. Yeah, you guys crypto spoke about
1: it yesterday. And
0: uh, CoffeeZilla, this great YouTuber <laughs> who exposes scams, exposed the whole shit. And Logan Paul tried to fire back on some shit of, like, you know, this guy does shitty work, and he's untrustworthy, and he's wrong, and he threatened a lawsuit against him. And, like, it was a rare instance of, like, nobody bought it. Everybody was like, "Okay, good. no, fuck you. Yeah. CoffeeZilla was super detailed in his takedown of you. He was super nuanced in his takedown of you. He was right about it. And there was a, a moment of, like, oh, my God. Thank God for CoffeeZilla because – Logan Paul met his match in somebody that was kind of like equally charismatic, but more thorough and fact based. Okay. And people actually had the right reaction of like, oh, and he actually made Logan Paul. Logan Paul eventually like retracted one of the hit piece videos oh, he did really? on CoffeeZilla and apologized and said, no, I'm not going to sue you. Good. I'm going to try to make it right or to some extent, try to make it right with the people who got scammed by CryptoZoo. It was a rare instance because that's in a world that made sense. That's how shit would happen. With with a total scam artist is like eventually you know it, someone the calls them their
1: bullshit. Dad. Yeah, you call them on their bullshit. Yeah,
0: exactly. But to your point, sometimes you just don't see that. Sometimes you got Donald Trump, who's a scam artist, and he ends up getting to the White House. Sometimes you have George Santos, who lied about absolutely everything, and he's still a Senate member of Congress. Yeah. you know he lost his committee assignments, by the way, which is good. Sorry, guys, we got a motorcycle in the background. Uh, he lost his committee assignments, which is good, but I don't think he's stepping down. I mean, we'll see. Oh, I think eventually no, he'll he be in jail. has
1: option to step down, there's no shot he's going like, to...
0: I know, yeah. I think eventually he will be in jail, though, because he, he's being investigated, and oh, there's yeah? enough there there where I think he's going. I mean, he may say $700,000 that
1: he had for his campaign. He got that through a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. We now know that, too. And so. he's not, like, uh, important enough or big enough to have people defend him or back him. Like, he... Like, Trump... To his defense, has kind of built this empire where it's like he seems still like Rule, superior. Rules by fear. That's yeah. what he does.
0: He holds over people's head like I'm the one with the crowd that will destroy you. Yes. So if you cross me, they're all going to come after you. 100%. And that's why all these Republicans are little cut boys and they fall in line. They're yes. like hmm. they'll either stay quiet if Trump does some fucked up shit, or they yes. back him when he does some fucked up shit. Yes. So he rules by fear. But anyway, the downside like of that is nobody
1: has power too to like kind of like because spread. of that. Yeah. yeah because yeah.
0: of that. But the difference is, and this is his Achilles' heel, is that nobody loves him right like it, you you really want to rule through love and fear if you're a political leader mm-hmm. you need to get people to love you uh and and watch
1: to I defend feel like you that's a hard thing to do though like because i used to be a member of this crossfit gym and the owner was like really nice and like i had a good relationship because we were friends but he also had to make really tough decisions and like at some point like even his friends were like that was fucked up but it's like when you're at the highest, like, you have to make fucked up decision. You kind of have to burn some bridges to, like, make sure your shit is still on point. You know, like, I don't think you can be friendly and love and also still be, like, a gangster-ass ruler and, like, get what you want done. Well, so my philosophy on it is the carrot or the stick
0: philosophy. What's that? So you're always giving, giving people the option of, look, if you do the right thing, you're going to get rewarded. You know, I'm going to be your best friend. We're going to get you reelected. We're going to do everything we can. Um, we'll get you a committee position, whatever it is. If you do the right thing, there are rewards for it. If you do the wrong thing, your life is going to be hell, and you're going to be kicked out of office. And you, it's spelled, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse type shit. Yeah, that's gangster. And if you're a political leader, that's the way to rule. But oftentimes you see Trump, it's not much of a carrot. It's just a stick, mm-hmm. right? And with a guy like Biden, there is no stick. It's only carrots. So he can get stabbed in the back by Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, and it's like, you know, he's just sad, you know. So it's, it, you got to marry those two things. I think FDR did it effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he kind of had this approach, this style. And, um, you know, people might accuse you in that situation of being Machiavellian, but I don't think it's Machiavellian as much as it's, I'm going to get stuff done on behalf of the people that they want done, and I will stop at nothing to get that to be the case. Mm. And yes, if you have to step on some toes, sure. But you're giving those people whose toes you stepped on an out before you do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, hey, I'll hook you up, dog, but you got to look out for me. And by the way, it's not even for me. It's for all the people that I'm representing.
1: Yeah, I like that. That's yeah, That seems fair and kind of like enough gangsterness to be like, hey, I'm still giving you a chance. Yeah, it's but a nuanced not, thing. It's going yeah, to get it's rough. A, it's a more. nuanced thing. You have to be smart as a leader. It's not easy.
0: You know, yeah. It's not easy. Building political alliances. You know, all that stuff. I mean, we see this in the media world. People like to turn on each other at SAP and slit each other's throats and out virtue signal each other. And so it's always hard getting a group of people all on the same page. But in the political realm, it's more important than anywhere else that you got to work together to get stuff done and get people to do the right thing and do it by any means necessary, basically.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a weird dynamic that I'm happy I don't have to figure out. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, I, I don't ever want to actually be a politician. That yeah, no, interesting. I, I was going to ask you that yesterday. He did, yeah. I, he asked me that, like, every time to the podcast. It's like, nah, I don't want
1: to do that. It's hard, man. I mean, like, I think you're in a good niche spot where you can comment on it. You don't get caught up in other bullshit as some other people do on YouTube channels where, like, they're fighting battles that aren't even what the real battles are you know and it's because they think it's going to generate more attention or
0: yeah a lot of or, people like the drama for clicks drama and clicks they like that. some people live for the fight you know yeah. they live for fighting others and virtue signaling and that's not that's not my thing I just yeah. want to talk about what I find interesting
1: yeah know? no
0: so anyway all right guys we'll wrap this up if
1: if hopefully that first one was i was going to say it was good. Yeah, it was good. So hopefully, we have the full last podcast. We had some Bill Clinton, like nothing impersonations. We like, did. Uh, there was a bunch of weird stuff. <laughs> my cousin might have killed his dog. Yeah. Uh, damn, hopefully, I I don't think that shit saved. That shit's somewhere just floating in Austin, Texas right now. It probably, uh,
0: my guess is the same as yours. It probably
1: didn't save. Crystal, if you made Blame it this Crystal,
0: far, it this is your fault. It is Crystal's fault. <laughs> Keep it real. It is her fault. She was
1: like, just record the shit. It's going to work. And then, like, halfway through it, it was just like, Fuck you guys. Yeah.
0: Continue? <laughs> in her defense, in her defense, look, in her defense, I will defend her a little bit here. Because for whatever reason, the audio quality on my cell phone is bunsies, And sometimes it doesn't even work. You'll be talking and it doesn't even, like, you can't even hear shit. I don't know. Some I maybe dropped it one day and the speaker got fucked up. Something's wrong with my shit, right? So I can't record it on my phone and then send it through on Dropbox. I would have needed to use her phone. And so for her to give her phone up to us for an hour and 30 yeah, minutes yeah, in the middle can't. of the day is a when little od. Yeah. So I, I understand where she was coming from. Yeah. But when she was like, do Riverside, there won't be a problem. It was like, I was like, There's the internet there just, there just cut out this good. morning in, the, ho- in yeah. the hospital, in the hotel. It might fucking cut out again. Yeah. And so there might actually be a problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So,
1: but anyway. It, Thanks were rocking because I, I mentioned on the last shit that like, some of the people I doubt know me, and they're probably like, Who is this bozo? But like, yeah, they know you. I, it's You weren't going to get an intellectual, political conversation. Hopefully, you just rock with this. But like, I respect the people that show love to me. And like, it's funny because I didn't know I was doing podcasts when we come down, and someone like tweeted out a picture of like the description for Crystal Collin Friends, and it was like, Get to know Corinne this week. And I was like, Oh, okay. So like, and they like DM that shit to me. And it's funny because, like, Kyle doesn't really read his shit anymore. So I kind of get, like, some overflow of people trying to reach out to me because they know that I'll read my DMs or, like, mentions or whatever. And I don't share that shit with Kyle because it's, like, I don't even respond to it. But, like, I respect people who are so – like, one guy asked me about, like, Ethiopia or some shit. And I was just, like, go away, dude. I respect it. But, like, they're kind of fucked. So shout out to people that are, like, trying to send me shit and show love. Cause I appreciate it. It's cool that like you guys are so passionate about the politics and they, sh- they watch Kyle and Korn, So that's what's up. But- I would say 80 to
0: 90% of people who listen to Crystal Kyle and Friends know you. Okay. So then even if they've only seen one or two Kyle and Korns, okay, some of them might be religious listeners to Kyle and Korn. That's what's up then. You know what I'm saying? But like, I feel like 80 or 90% of them will know you.
1: Okay. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We could do a little test or whatever. This is my first time drinking boxed water, by the way. Um, I don't know if I'm in on it. It's just regular water. Like, they just put water in a, in, a, in a carton. That's all it is. I know, but it seems kind of unnecessary. I was
0: like, what's wrong with the bottle? Like, Well, uh, the bottle has pl- – it's in plastic, and there's plastic. microplastics oh, and shit. Really? I'm sure that we're – that's one of those things where I'm sure in, like, 15 years there's going to be a study that's like, if you drink out of wa- gonna bottles, bottles, you're going to die. Yeah. Damn. I mean, that's my guess, right? Because I microplastics know. are a big issue, and I'm sure – you, I'm sure you've done the same thing. You leave your, like, oh, bottle yeah. of the water in the car. You come back so the bad. next day. It's you drink nice. it. And it's like, this shit was sitting here for 24 hours. The sun
1: was beaming in on it. Yeah. Probably little-ass microplastics in the water. That's it's a wrap. I'm going to I will say, when you leave your water in the car to the perfect level when it's cold outside, and that shit gets, like, icy and a little bit cold, probably very bad for you. But, again, super banging sip when you open it up and you get, like, the ice chunk. I mean, one of the debates I'm immovable on is iced water versus room temperature water.
0: There's some Ices. people... Ice somebody, is way, be- oh, way okay, better, way okay, better. Okay, but you know, Crystal says she gets a, like phlegmy or whatever if she drinks She's cold bugging. water. She's and a lot, of, some people prefer room temperature water. But for me, nah. man, you give me some ice cold water after a after like playing
1: sports a little bit, playing basketball or something, and you, oh, man, it's just so. I'm like an open faced cup with like just ice chips, and you just drink some water, yes. like. It's, yeah, It's there's, there's nothing better. So shout out to Ice Cold Water. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ice Water, are you watching this? Are you a fan of Kylan Korn also, Ice Water? So anyway, all right, guys. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.